Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're talking about the Bach rule. Also, in my opinion, it might be the most famous unknown rule in baseball, where whenever you're watching a live game, you're at the stadium with your family. They might go, what was that rule? What? I didn't even realize that was mm-hmm. a thing. Right. What is the Bach rule, and how is it defined in the rule of baseball? Okay, so in the rules, um, section 6.02, subsection A, notes 1 to 13. Okay. And I'm not going to read all the notes. Yeah, there's um, a lot happening here. <laughs> but it really is about when the pitcher pitches the ball, it's a fluid motion. Okay. Yeah. And if they somehow disrupt that motion, it's a buck. So here's a good example. If the pitcher drops the ball by accident, okay, that's a buck. If the pitcher is going to pitch the ball but is not facing the batter why a pitcher would not be facing the batter i'm not sure <laughs> but if the if the pitcher pitches the ball and is not facing the batter that's a buck yeah um if they step toward a base to throw to that base for example they're going to throw over to first base and they step to first but they don't throw the ball that's a buck so there's all kinds of different rules that go around what a pitcher can and can't do when they're on the mound now when you're on the mound there's the pit, what they call the pitcher's plate, or we all we also call it the rubber. If the pitcher has his foot on the rubber, then there's certain things he can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Once the pitcher steps off the rubber, then they really become more of like an infielder, and they can really kind of do whatever they want. So a good example is if a pitcher is going to going to throw over to a base, generally they're going to step off the rubber first, turn their body and then throw to first base, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a clean play, like that, that would not be a buck. But if the pitcher's on the rubber and they just throw over to first base without stepping off the rubber, that's a buck. So there's a lot of rules that go around what a pitcher can and can't do, but generally the, the rule for a buck is they want to make it so the pitcher can't surprise the batter and throw home or throw a pitch when they're not ready and things like that yeah it can definitely cause a lot of havoc in the game and i think that also fits as a great description too for people just approaching the game so let's jump right into the history um box i'm assuming have been around for a long time because they really do feel like in the moment kind of a quality of life rule like if we didn't have this rule pitchers would be doing some wild (laughs) things in the infield yeah. So what is kind of a brief history of the Bach? So the Bach goes back to 1898. It was added to the rule book as a way to prevent pitchers from intentionally deceiving base runners. Mm. So that's what it was all about. It was the pitcher trying to fool the base runners, not the batter, but the base runners. Okay. So if, for example, if the base runner has a lead at first, but the pitcher was, let's say, not going to they didn't have to step off the rubber. They could, I mean, they couldn't get a very good, the base runner couldn't get a very big lead because you never know when he's going to throw over. So, yeah. um, so it goes way back, way back in, in history. And it's been in ever since. And it's, it's just one of those things where, again, the pitcher has a lot of rules they have to follow when they're pitching the ball. Everything from when you can step and step off, when you, when you raise up your knee, you know, how far can your knee go back? There's all kinds of stuff that goes along with it, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how many like sub-rules there are to just how a pitching motion should be taken and then what a pitcher is allowed to do when he's on the mound and kind of setting the game up. Like, you are the catalyst for making sure this game is moving forward. You have to follow kind of these rules to make sure that we continue the progress of the game and not cause it <laughs> to become right. havoc for everyone else. Yep. 
Um, what are some kind of comments or maybe extra thoughts that you have that kind of round this all out? Right. So a couple things with the, with the Bach, first of all, there has to be men on base. So if there, if the bases are empty, you, there's no such thing as a Bach. You can't have a Bach happen if there's not men on base. If the batter has three, well, I should back up. So if, if a pitcher is called for a Bach, it's a dead ball. So there's no oh, ball okay. or strike against the batter unless that pitch is ball four. Okay. So if that's ball four, then the batter is awarded first base, just like if they were uh, walked and any runners advanced if they're forced. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that generally a balk means it's a dead ball. Any ball, any runners on base advance one base, but the batter is really unaffected. Okay. And then... Really, the the main thing is the bat. A balk doesn't have to be called if the if the pitcher doesn't throw home, right? So a lot of times a balk is called and the pitcher is still holding the ball, but he did something that caused the balk to happen. So that's why it's really unaffecting the batter. The batter is just like no pitch ever happened because the pitch didn't happen. So, all right. Well, and with this, do you have any extra moments or maybe when this could have happened? Because otherwise, I want to ask you right away, maybe not even wait. Do you think this is a good rule? Is it a bad rule? How are you feeling about this one? I think it's a good rule. I think there's a little too much around what a pitcher can do. But I think generally it's a good rule. You don't want the pitcher to deceive base runners in the way where yeah. they can't steal and things like that. But no, it, I think it's a good rule. And, and there's a reason it's been in the rule book for over 100 years. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I kind of gave my hand away a little bit earlier in the podcast of, I just think that without this rule you allow the pitcher who again is driving the game forward he's the person that puts the ball into play right to just have almost too much power over the game right and i think it makes it a lot more balanced it gives the pitcher kind of an ordinance that he has to follow and to make sure that the game is played at a good tempo and at a fair one at that Mm -hmm. uh and gives base runners a chance because otherwise i mean just go to a middle school baseball game boxer being called all the time (laughs) it looks crazy it really does. does like they're halfway through their motion. All of a sudden, they just turn 90 degrees and yep. they fire at first. It's like, what was that? Yep. Can't so do that. Right. I, I think that this is a good rule, even though it is confusing in the moment for people that probably are just watching baseball casually. It, it's just a good thing to have. It really makes baseball have a more form and uh, it just keeps its form a little bit better. Right. Um, yep. Do you have any parting thoughts? Or I know I skipped over one category of uh, the most famous Bach. I can't believe I missed that. Right. Please forgive me for this, but <laughs> maybe just leave the people with this. So the the most famous Bach is from the 90, 1961 All Star Game. You're kidding? Nope, not kidding. <laughs> so it was actually it was played in Candlestick Park, oh. uh, which notoriously had just crazy winds. It was yeah. always windy there, and the pitcher uh, Stu Miller for the Giants was pitching and he claims that the wind was so strong it blew him off the mound (laughs) and the umpire called the Bach now I don't know how windy it has to be to blow somebody off the mound but apparently he said he was standing there and the wind was so strong it blew him off the mound and of course he was called the Bach but I don't know if that's true or not but it's a good story it was a good story (laughs) anyway regardless yeah but you do see but I mean you know you might see one I don't know every few a week i guess yeah there's a couple like i would say like one every couple games there's there's always like that one usually it happens to more like rookie pitchers who are just getting into the league who right aren't used to the speed of base runners i Mm -hmm. should say like some of those speedier guys that there may they may not be the best hitters but once they get on base 
they're really something you got to worry about. And yeah, again, like Greg said, you don't see it a ton, but when you do, it's usually very noticeable. Right. And here's here's another good thing that I see. A, not, I don't see a lot, but I see sometimes is once the pitcher steps on the rubber, they can't touch their hat. Like that's a that's a perfect oh, example. So okay. sometimes if especially if it's a hot day, you know, the pitcher's sweating, they may want to wipe their wipe their forehead or something like that. But once you are on the rubber, you can't touch it. So you might see that where a pitcher just instinctively wipes their forehead and that's a buck. You can't wow. touch it. Yeah. So there, like I said, there's tons of rules around what pitchers can and can't do when they have the ball and they're on the rubber. So that's that's a that's maybe something to look for. Um, that's usually the one that gets called. Not always, but that's yeah. sometimes the one that gets called. So Wow. Interesting. Well, with that, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can go onto our website. You can also check out some updates and some of our past podcasts there too. But otherwise, tune in next time for another Dumb Rule.